This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys. If you're listening to this on time, you realize we are getting close to the end of the year here. All right. We are just awkwardly close to 2020, to the end of a decade. And if you're listening to this on time, you realize there's only two other Thursdays left in this month, right? So we release these podcasts every Thursday morning so you can have them for your commute, launch you into the weekend. But as we wrap up the year, obviously we're going to do what we normally do. I'm going to be giving you guys the best books that I read in 2019 and the best podcasts that I listened to in 2019. So those are the next two episodes just to set you guys up. This episode should probably be a little bit of a shorter one because uh, those will be a little bit longer, I would assume. But I think you guys will really, really enjoy those. But one thing I would say to you is if there's a book that is just so overwhelmingly awesome that you read this year, make sure you send it to me. I might read it in the last week or two before I, I put out my list. Same thing with individual podcast episodes or actual podcasts. Share those things with me because I want to make sure the things that you guys like that I'm listening to so I can have an understanding of what it is you guys are attracted to, what it is that you guys are wanting in terms of content. So hit me up. My email is info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life or probably the easiest thing to do send me a message on Instagram. It's just at Undaunted Life is the Instagram handle. So just send us a message there. So thanks a lot. Get ready for those episodes. They're going to be awesome. But today's episode is called The Long Road Back. Okay. So The Long Road Back. This is going to be me talking about a lot of things kind of in a macro sense in terms of what the road back is and what that looks like. But I want to specifically talk about a physical recovery that I've been going through this year. Now, just spoiler alert, this is not probably the the biggest physical recovery. It's definitely not the biggest physical recovery that you've heard of. But again, whenever I experience things in my life and in things personally, in relationships, whether it's, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever the situation might be, I want to kind of bring those things to you because we can learn lessons from those things and glean those things. But uh, if you guys stick with us, stick with us to the end, there's going to be some very practical takeaways in terms of what you can look at and what you can do whenever you're on your own road to recovery. But for those of you that don't know, if maybe if you don't follow us on Instagram or haven't heard me talk about it, back Back in June of this year, I had one of one of the worst injuries that I've ever had physically for all the sports I've played, all the stupid things I've done with my body, and I hurt a very, very, very small part of my body, and that was my thumb. So uh, this was a jujitsu class on a Sunday afternoon in June. And so basically this is what goes down on Sunday afternoons. It's usually an hour and a half long class right in the middle of the afternoon. I'll do the afternoon class. I'll come home. I'll eat. I'll recover a little bit. And then I'll go and do my Sunday night group. So you guys have heard me talk about the Sunday night crew. You've heard me talk about it on the Your Foxhole podcast. So so that's my crew. So I normally do a two a day on Sundays when it comes to jujitsu. So I'm done for the day, right? So typically on the... Um, on the afternoon class at the Forge in Edmond. It's one o'clock until 2.30. And, you know, I'm pretty much done for the day. We, we had done our teaching for the first hour or so. We had done our drilling. And then for the last half hour, we did some rounds. And I'm grabbing my bag. I'm going to the locker room. I'm changing. I'm getting out of there feeling good, right? Well, one of my good training partners named Avon, he's like, hey, Kyle, you got another round for me. And so it's like, yeah, sure. No big deal. Set my bag down. And in the last 30 seconds of that round, I tore every single thing tendon in my left thumb and tore my left palm muscle. Okay. Basically what happened, if you're not very familiar with jujitsu, some of these terms aren't going to make sense, but I was trying to do a Toriando pass. And so imagine you're standing up. So if, if you're me, 
your opponent's kind of laying on their back or kind of balancing on their butt and you're basically trying to get past their legs because they're they're not in a bad position until you get past their legs you know it's kind of passing the guard and so what I did is I kind of grabbed their gi pants kind of on the insides of their knees with each one of my hands and then you can kind of once you have that grip you can kind of move their legs left or right and and try to get past them and so I grabbed with my left and my right hand but something happened. He zigged and I zagged. Something random happened. And what happened was, is my left thumb got bent all the way back. And it was, I mean, just snap, right? I mean, it was quick. And then it was over. I mean, I jump up like I had been bit by a snake and I I ran off the mat and I'm I'm looking down on my thumb and you know, it hurts like crazy. and, And I just didn't know what was going on. But the weird thing was, is I looked down on my thumb I expected it to be broken. <laughs> like I expected it to be just hanging there or something like that. But you know, it, it looked fine physically, like, you know, to the naked eye, it looked fine, but it was on fire. It absolutely hurt. I couldn't really move it. It was shaken. Didn't really know what was going on. So I managed to, to get changed. I go home. I told my wife, I'm like, yeah, I messed up my thumb. I don't know what's happening. Uh, lo and behold, after I had gone to a doctor, gotten x-rays, gotten MRI, MRI, um, all the tendons and, and mainly the UCL tendon in the left thumb, just boom, just kaboom, pop, gone. And it was one of those injuries that it was not one of those injuries that, that you could just, you know, wait it out and you'll be fine. <coughs> Excuse me. Some guys, you know, have hurt their UCLs and maybe they sprained it or they partially torn it and they just maybe put it in a cast and it healed itself. This was not one of those injuries. Uh, when I went to my sports doctor, it's like, yeah, we, we, based, we need to re- repair this. And so I went in for surgery um, in July. And so the thing is, is like, I haven't really had any surgeries. Right. And, and certainly not for sports injuries. I've had my wisdom teeth taken out and stuff like that. This is the first time of all my injuries that required a surgery. And what this surgery happened is, you know, you basically get cut on. They put a pin in there. They put your hand in a cast. They take it out to check on everything. They put it in another cast, blah, blah, blah. Basically, I was out of normal activities until the beginning of October. Right. So I got my cast off well before then, but there was some atrophy and, you know, the thumb basically wasn't able to move all those different things, but that put me out from until October. So that was basically from June to October. I wasn't in a normal routine with my physicality and the things that I normally do working out. Right. And then I had another surgery and I was, I was going to kind of keep this surgery vague, but to be honest with you, I think there's a, a lot of guys that maybe have had something like this happen and they just ignore it. They don't actually take care of it. And so I'm, I'm going to talk about it in, in vague detail, sort of, <coughs> but I'll be specific in some other ways as well. And guys, sorry, I got a little bit of a cold. So if, if I cough a little bit, I'm not going to edit it out. <laughs> don't kill me. But I actually had what's called a varicocelectomy. Okay. So basically what the problem was, is I had a varicose vein inside my testicles or inside my, uh, my sack, I guess. Sorry if your kids are listening to this. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do all that. I don't mean to be crass, but basically there was like a blood flow problem in, in my nether region. Right. And so what it was, what was happening is it was causing some discomfort down there, right? Some discomfort in the, the sack region. (laughs) You like how medical uh, this podcast has become anyway, that, that was causing some issues for me in, in the most of which was just discomfort, right? I mean, I would just have throbbing pain for, for no apparent reason. I hadn't taken a shot down there in, in any uh, sparring or any jujitsu uh, matches or anything like that. But the thing was, is it's something that could go away on its own, or it could, you know, metastasize into something a little bit worse later. And so in order to take care of that particular thing, what they do is they make an incision a few inches below your belly button. They fish out your... Mm, 
stuff, right? I keep thinking there's kids listening to this. So if you're a kid, sorry, earmuffs. They fish out your uh, equipment and they basically lop off the uh, the bad veins or whatever the situation might be, stick everything back in, glue you up, stitch you up, and then you're, you're on about your business, right? So sorry about that last like two minutes of the podcast. It is what it is. But that surgery came right on the heels of being cleared from my thumb, but I needed this surgery to be done so I could just be done with it, right? So I could just move on. But this one put me out completely for four weeks because after this surgery, you could not work out at all. You could not stretch that region, the the lower row of abdominal muscles at all. And the thing about it is you don't understand how much you use your lower abdomen until you, you can't use it. Your, your lower abdomen is just used in so many different areas. You use it to talk, you use it to yell, you use it when you sneeze. I swear I sneezed once. I'm, I'm pretty sure I blacked out and died for a second. And then I came back immediately. It was just kind of one of those flash death kind of a things, but you know, incredibly painful, hard recovery. Um, you had to be really, really careful with the region, had to keep everything clean. It's just, it's kind of one of those, one of those deals that it, it was, it was tough. And, and the toughest part of it was, is I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even do yoga. You couldn't do stretching of any kind. And that was different for me than, you know, the recovery I had on the left thumb, because with the left thumb, I could still do things with my legs. I could still run. I could still do ab workouts and stuff like that. But anyway, long story short was as I was basically completely out of my normal physical routine from June of this year until the beginning of November. And for some of you guys, that's not going to sound like that big a deal. You're like, man, I I take off six months every year, five months every year from working out. But, but for me, I haven't taken more than, you know, a week and a half off from exercise, except for injury since I was like 14 years old. I mean, I just consistently work out. Like I, I, I have to plan my weeks off. Usually every six weeks I'll take uh, like a, an active rest week and just do stretching and maybe some, some, uh, active recovery walking or something like that. <clears throat> but I have to plan those things out because otherwise I won't take any time off whatsoever until I get hurt. Right. And so the thing is, is that created a- an issue for me that starting in November of this year. So about six weeks ago, I had to try to get back. Right. And I want to talk a little bit about the concept of, I guess, quote unquote, being back. There's different meanings for different people when they talk about getting back. For some people, when they talk about getting back, they're like, oh, you know, I used to be in shape, so I'm going to get back in shape. So maybe they're thinking back to a time in, in high school or college whenever they were playing sports and they had to go to practice every day and the days they, the days they didn't have practice, they had games or whatever. And they're like, well, I'm 35 now. I'm going to get back in shape. So back is, is different for everybody. And for some people, back in shape means I don't want to die when I have to walk across the parking lot at the mall to get back to my car. And so I'm going to try to get back in shape for other people. Back in shape is, yeah, I used to run, you know, ultra marathons. I need to get back in that kind of shape. So there's, there's a spectrum from all these types of people, right? For me, getting back is getting to that point where I can trust my body and trust that I can do things with it without having to worry about injury. Because if you've ever worried about injuring yourself, you typically injure yourself, right? Maybe you're worried about your left ankle and then you end up hurting your right wrist. So like, it's just one of those deals. Like when you're worried about getting injured, you just seem to get injured more often. I don't, that's anecdotal. I don't have any evidence to support (laughs) the thing that I just kind of threw out there. But at the same time, it's, it's a concept that's hard for a lot of people to think about because most people don't even go down that road, to be honest. When it, when it comes to recovery, right, whether from an injury or maybe a sickness, and we'll talk more about that here in a little bit, but for a lot of people, the concept of back, there's a lot of different types of roads. So there's, there's short roads, there's medium length roads, there's long roads, there's dead end roads, 
right? So for some people, it's short. Okay, uh, grade one sprain of their ankle. They just got to take it easy this week. We'll be back to normal next week. Medium is is a decent sized injury. Maybe it's something where you have to be really, really careful on it for two or three or four weeks, something like that. But you can make your way back. Then you've got the longer ones, right? And long could be, you know, two, three, four months. It could be years. I know people that have gotten serious like Achilles, uh, ruptured Achilles, which is like my number one fear of anything on the planet. I hope I don't actually manifest a ruptured Achilles at some point in my future. Like that's, that's the old man injury. That's the holy crap. You're going to be out for a really long time injury. So I'm really, really scared of that one. But I know guys that have had to go through that and you know, they've never actually got back. And then there's also the dead inroads when it comes to the concept of being back, right? There's some people that just never will get back to where they were. There have been people that have been sick. Maybe they've had cancer. Uh, maybe they've gotten some sort of an injury where they've uh, lost full use of a limb or they may have even lost a limb entirely. And so that's a dead end road. They're never going to be back to where they were. It's literally not physically possible. They can't sprout the lower half of their right leg back. They're not going to grow that back or they're not going to be able to get that muscle back from this particular injury or a snake bite or a shark bite or something like that. So it's different for everybody. But the thing about it is when you're on the road back from recovery, and this is physical recovery, either from an injury or sickness, there, there's a lot of pitfalls, pitfalls along the way, pitfalls along the way. So there's the obvious pitfall of the physical hurdles, right? And so for me, the immediate physical hurdle when I got my cast off is my body was uneven, right? If you're, if you've done any type of weightlifting in your life, not necessarily, uh, you know, bodybuilding or something like that, you want to try to have your body be even, And so it's even from left to right, but also top to bottom. Like you don't want to be a spark plug. You don't want to be one of those gym bros that only only does bench press and bicep curls. And you've got these little, uh, you know, chicken legs. You don't want to be that person. You also don't want to be the person that's got just ghetto booty. And then you've never done, you can't do a single push up or something like that. But at the same time, uh, left and right, you, you don't want your right arm to be gigantic and your left arm to be like a normal person's arm. But the problem was, is my left side of my body had atrophied, Right because I couldn't move the wrist. I couldn't move the hand. So the hand, all the meat in your palm that you could like grab right now while you're listening to this, that was gone. All the musculature in the forearm and bicep was gone. The deltoid was smaller. Um, you know, the, the trap was smaller, the, just the whole left side was, was not even. And so that was a physical hurdle. You got to try to even yourself back out. Uh, the other obvious physical hurdle is I just couldn't do normal stuff. I couldn't do the stuff that I was used to. I couldn't do the stuff that I wanted to do with my body. You know, one of the things I was doing during rehab, you know, when I had a cast is I refused to get fat. I refused to get that out of shape. I made some extreme changes to my diet at that time to just kind of maintain a certain weight or something like that. But I would like strap things to my cast, right? Because I could do, you know, I could do squat. I could just basically push with my left hand against the bar to do squat. I couldn't do front squat, obviously, or anything like that. But I could run. I could do all those things just fine. But for upper body stuff, obviously I couldn't post with the hand. I couldn't grab with the hand. There's nothing I could do. So I would take straps like those, uh, the straps that you can find at the gym or those bands and I would strap it to my cast and I would pull with it to get a little bit of back or, or uh, shoulder or bicep work. I would push with it to get a little bit of chest and shoulder work as well. Yeah, I just did what I could, but again, it wasn't the normal stuff that I could do. The rehab is just an obvious hurdle, right? When you hurt something so small, like a, yeah, a toe or your foot or something on your hand, a finger, a thumb, th- the rehab isn't really fun. It's not really sexy. It's not big muscle groups. It's these small motions, these small things that you have to do, these small stretches, and it just doesn't seem like that much fun, but you're still exhausted afterwards. So the obvious hurdle is physical. That's kind of the first one. But then for a lot of guys, and certainly for me, 
there was the mental hurdles the mental hurdles that you had to get over when you're on this road to recovery. And again, I I will reiterate, I know guys that have had to come back from cancer, like after having fought it for 24 months. So I'm not comparing the plight of a hurt thumb to that. So just, just to kind of bring you back up to speed, but the mental hurdle, again, the body not being even was a mental hurdle as well. Cause you look in the mirror and you're not used to what you're seeing in the reflection. You're used to seeing a certain type of body. You're used to seeing things uh, with, you know, a lot more, uh, you know, kind of a mirror image of the other side of your body, those types of things. And you just didn't have that. So that, so that was a little bit of a mental thing that to kind of get over, you know, even just looking at myself. The other part is that my brain was good, but my body wasn't. So there's this concept that a lot of people talk about, like in boxing and MMA or Muay Thai or something like that. It's that a lot of the young fighters had these incredible physiques these incredibly athletic bodies that can basically do anything that you could ask someone to do physically, but maybe they're not there mentally yet. Maybe they don't have enough fight experience. Maybe they don't have enough life experience. Maybe they just don't have that dog in them, whatever the situation might be. But then there's that, that there's usually that area where your physicality is still at a high enough level, but you've got the acumen. You've got the brain to go along with that. That's why it's so dangerous for older athletes to use steroids when it comes to fighting, to use any type of performance enhancer when it comes to fighting. Because if you can get your body, (laughs) Vitor Belfort, if you can get your body to do the things that it needs to do as if you were younger, but you've got all that experience and all of that technique in your brain, you're an incredibly, incredibly dangerous person. And so for me, the brain was good but the body wasn't. I kind of felt like an old man. It's like, I, okay, I know what my, I want my body to do. I know what I want my thumb to do. I know how I want my hand to react, but it just wasn't happening for me. But the other thing, and I've talked about this obviously a lot is during this entire period from June until November, I couldn't go to jujitsu because obviously it would have been really, really, really stupid because the type of cast that I had, it left my four fingers on my left hand, incredibly exposed to injury. There was no hand muscle that could have, you know, prevented the fingers from being in the wrong position or any of those types of things, it would have been incredibly, incredibly dangerous for me to go in there. And also you you train with a cast. You can't wash the cast. Like it's gross. It could have, it got an infection in one of my incisions. It just would have been horrible for, for everybody involved. And most certainly me. But the thing about jujitsu is jujitsu is one of the things that I do to keep me sane, to keep me even, right? It's one of those things that I've encouraged you guys to do for a myriad of reasons, which I I won't go into all of them again here, but one of the biggest things is that's one of the easiest ways that I've found to cultivate mental resilience because it's not easy. (laughs) I mean, it's easy because it's easy to define and write it on a piece of paper and prescribe it to somebody, but it's really, really hard to do. Getting in the room is really, really hard. Getting the warm up in and, and, you know, getting to the end of practice and while taking care of your partner and taking care of yourself, it's really, really difficult. But for me is when I can't lift weights and when I can't do jujitsu, my mind starts going bonkers. There's way too much energy inside my soul and inside my gut. I got to send it somewhere, right? And so those are a lot of mental hurdles, right? But then there were also spiritual hurdles and opportunities, but but certainly hurdles. So I kind of was hearing this thing in my head, again, thumb injury, right? You know, I can rehab it and get back, but it was like, you know, you'll probably never be the same. Ah, you know what, Kyle, you're just getting, you're 33 now. I mean, you're, you're not a spring chicken. I mean, you just can't expect your body to respond the way that it used to. Right. So that was kind of something that was weighing on me. And and certainly that was something that I don't think was coming from a very positive area. That was obviously something coming from a very, very dark place. But then also I kind of realized that I, I found a lot of my identity 
inside of physical performance. And so for me, a lot of people know me, if they know me even just sort of well, they're like, oh, you know, Kyle's in, Kyle's in really good shape or, you know, Kyle, you know, he diets and exercises, he, he takes care of himself and, you know, he's always working out, he, you know, that was just part of my identity. But then for a long period of time there, it couldn't be my identity. I couldn't work out the way that I was used to. I couldn't lift the way that I used, was used to. I couldn't be a part of the jiu-jitsu community. So I kind of fell out of, you know, not a favor, but I, I kind of fell out of the minds of a lot of the people there just because I, I literally wasn't there, right? I literally went to a jiu-jitsu class one night and I just sat there just so I could be in the room, just so I could be around people and watch them work out. Like it was pathetic, but it's something that I did. But another spiritual hurdle that I had and, you know, may have turned itself into an opportunity is I could feel... God imploring me this entire time to to just slow down. Hey, Kyle, just my son, just just slow down. Just slow down. You know, I'm trying to tell you something here. Now, that's not me saying that God is the reason why I hurt my thumb, but I think he was able to use the hurting of my thumb to to be able to communicate some things to me. But I'll talk a little bit more of that uh, here in a second when I get into my takeaways. But in terms of where I'm at now, I'm back lifting. I'm, I'm under no restrictions when it comes to lifting. You know, I've talked to all the specialists I need to, and I'm doing all the rehab that I need to. So I can deadlift. I can do pull-ups. I can do bench press. I can do squat, front squat. I can do all of those things. The, the wrist is a little, still a little bit stiff, still has to be stretched out. And basically all I'm at right now is I'm trying to get back to the weights that I was pushing and pulling before all this happened, right? And and I'm close, right? I, I'm I'm getting there. So you know, a lot of the stuff is it's an unbelievably hard. <laughs> it's just hard to see kind of where I was at. And you spend months, if not years, trying to get to those areas where you get that deadlift that you wanted, and you know those pull ups to where you want them to be. And it's just you, you just got to work your way back, just kind of day by day. Uh, in terms of jujitsu, I, I think I'm I think I've taken three or four jujitsu classes so far since I've been back and yeah, I'm basically doing those things one handed. I, um, the risk of re-injury on the thumb right now is really, really high. Um, I'm pretty much have a clean bill of health on my lower abdomen. You know, I, I shouldn't have any, any more issues there. And the thing about it is, is, you know, I'm going to train one handed and train with that brace and tape on there until I definitely don't need it. But according to the, to the specialist, I'm for the next six to eight months, I pretty much need to be really, really careful with my thumb because the risk of re-injury is so high. The gas tank, that's kind of one of those things is it's incredibly easy to get your gas tank up to snuff. And it's, that's one of the first things you lose when you stop working out, whereas you can kind of maintain some strength for a long time. I feel like my gas tank is actually popped back uh, pretty nicely, which is nice. Um, I was able to maintain uh, doing a lot of cardio workouts uh, while I was out for my thumb. I wasn't able to do so whenever uh, I had the lower abdomen stuff. And so that's just kind of how, how it goes. But um, that's kind of where I'm at now. And just I'll take a quick second, just say thanks to all the guys uh, that have reached out from this podcast or guys that just know me asking me how I'm doing, asking how the recovery's going. You know, it's, again, it's not, it's not even a cool injury, right? It's not like, oh, I broke my femur trying to defend my wife's honor. Like, it's like, oh, I hurt my thumb whenever I was doing jujitsu with my sweaty buddies. Like, it's just different. It, it, that happens and it just, it's frustrating. It sucks, but you know, it just kind of is what it is. But there were four big takeaways that I had from this whole, this whole scenario, right? Because there were a lot of times where I felt like a punk where it's like, ah, oh, man, this isn't that bad. Like, stop feeling bad for yourself. You'll be back. You'll be fine. People take way more time off than this just because they're fat and lazy and stupid and whatever. Like, you'll be fine. But there were four big takeaways from this time. Now, they've had some a little bit of time to reflect that I wanted to share with you because I think it would help you guys. Okay. The first is this. Take advantage of the time to slow down. Take advantage of it. Because I said I, earlier, I felt that God was, you know, 
prompting me and imploring me to, hey, slow down. I've got some stuff to show you. I, I got some things that, that I want to talk with you about. That, that kind of thing, it's, that's the feel I got, right? But I just got to be real honest with you guys. Uh, I'm not going to play games with you. I'm, I just didn't do that. Because for me, my mind immediately went to, okay, here are the things I can do physically. So let me try to do those things in the most extreme manner possible. Let me go buy bands off the internet, strap it to my cast, which you're not supposed to do so that I can continue working out. I did not take advantage of the whispers from God to just slow down. Hey, I got something to show you. So again, I don't think there's something punitive coming that God's going to be like, all right, next time we're breaking both of your legs so that you'll listen. I, I don't necessarily expect that to come, you know, knock on wood. Sorry, hit the microphone too. But that's, that, that's the idea is I just don't really feel like that's happening. But I do feel like I missed out on opportunity. And the thing was, is it's not as if I came to that re- revelation after this, like before I recorded this podcast, I knew that the whole time. The whole time I was trying to busy myself with whatever I could do physically, which is not necessarily a bad thing, I was completely ignoring the promptings of God. So take that as a cautionary tale that you shouldn't be dumb like I was during that scenario. Now I got to kind of, you know, backtrack a little bit. The second takeaway and advice for you all would be just basically don't try to recover faster than your body tells you it can. I mean, the, the number of guys that I've trained with or that I've been on teams with, that the doctor said, hey, you need to not do this particular thing for four weeks. And like two days later, they're back doing that thing because some moron on YouTube or whatever, like, oh, my doctor said to not do this, but then I did it on my own because I'm such a smart, tough guy. Those, those things are few and far between guys. Those guys are lucky. They're not smart. They didn't like crack some sort of physical code. And so that's my encouragement to you is just, if your body's telling you that it needs a little bit of time, just take that time. Which goes into the next takeaway, which is listen to your body, but sometimes tell it to shut up. (laughs) I mean, listen to your body. I I mean that. But there are times when you think your body's communicating to you and it's just your weak brain. Okay. So I I say this a a lot to, to different people. You know, some feedback that I got is sometimes, you know, I may push people a little bit too hard uh, that aren't physically out of place to, to go any further. But this is this is what I say. So I had somebody to give me that feedback on some of the, the workouts that I do on Sunday nights is, hey, sometimes I feel like may- maybe you're pushing guys um, that are physically just not capable of doing certain things to, to pushing them a little bit too far. But the reality of that situation is completely different. Because if I'm looking at somebody during the ab workout section and we're on our butts, but our feet feet are off the mat, It's amazing when I notice someone's feet hit the mat so that they can take a rest. When I look at them and go, Hey, get your feet off the mat. Every single time they can take their feet off the mat immediately. Wow. It's almost as if their mind was weak and their body was actually fine. So that's what I'm kind of saying to people is most people have this self-preservation technique where they kind of dog it during workouts. They don't run as hard as they can. They leave a little bit in the tank. And kind of my thing is when I take people through workouts is if they're giving me 75% effort, I'm trying to push them to 80, 85 just for this workout. But then next time I expect them to be at 80, 85, and then I want to push them to 85, 90. You know what I'm saying? And so sometimes when you are recovering, whether from sickness or injury, your body's communicating to you. You know, you can listen to yourself or whatever the situation might be, but sometimes you're fooling yourself. You don't actually need to take another week off. You're just being lazy. You just 
are thinking about, oh my gosh, putting on my running shoes and hitting the pavement. Like, ah, oh, that sounds miserable. I think I'll watch another season of this particular show on Netflix, right? We do that. We, we try to like bargain with ourselves and tell us it's okay when that's not always the case. Okay. So I beat that dead horse. Moving on to the very last takeaway that I got from this time. And guys, use things like this as practice for future hardships. Because again, there's this really stupid idea with some Christians that because we're Christians, our life should be easy. Again, I've talked about before, I had a buddy of mine years back who lost his job and then he started questioning whether or not God existed because he lost his job. It's like, I I don't know what Bible you're reading, but how many Christians, how many followers of Christ, how many disciples had really easy lives? Like most of these people didn't lead the greatest of lives. A lot of them died horrifically bad deaths, but they won in the end because their souls were saved, right? But that didn't mean their lives were easy. And so the only thing that's guaranteed for us is that life's probably going to get harder from where we're at right now. And so for some of you guys, you're actually in the dumps right now. Maybe you're in the middle of fighting off a serious illness or sickness or disease. Maybe you're in the middle of a horrific injury, multiple body parts, car accident, you know, attacked by wolves, this is whatever the situation may be. Maybe you're right in the thick of it. And guys, I'm so sorry to tell you this. It may not be the worst thing you ever have to go through. And it's probably not going to be the worst thing you have to go through physically. And that physical element that is coming in the future will affect you mentally and spiritually. And it'll affect you a lot if you allow it to. But it's these situations, right? My my little old thumb got hurt. All right, I had to have a surgery on one of my nuts. Okay, great. It's those situations where you get to learn a little bit about yourself. You You get to learn about how easy it is for you to learn, how easy it is for you to adapt, how easy it is for you to bounce back, to respond, to be tough, to be resilient. Because guys, I don't have any, (laughs) I don't have any misjudgings about what the future holds for me. I don't have great genetics, right? I don't have one of these families where, you know, the, the youngest person to die in my family was 98 years old. Like I just don't have that. And a lot of people in my family have died, you know, pretty painful deaths. Some of them have been self-inflicted. Others, you know, that's just the way the cookie crumbled for them. And I I figure that no matter how much kale I eat, no matter how many miles I put on my feet, it, it's just going to, it's going to happen. But when you can go back to these times, when you, when you had to have some grit, when you had to recover, when you had to overcome, those are the times that you'll lean on. That's why I tell people all the time, like people like, Kyle, you know, why, why, when it's snowing outside, are you working out with your shirt off? And you know, why are you putting a bunch of extra sweatshirts on to work out when it's like a hundred degrees outside? It's like, you want to, you want to acclimate to those situations and you want to inoculate your body to those circumstances. Well, the same thing can happen with your mind. If you can callous your mind and your spirit to be able to deal with those situations that you really never thought you could do cognitively, intellectually, you never thought you could get through those situations, but you had it in you the whole time. So I know this is turning into a little bit of a, yeah, hoorah, do your thing speech, but you know, it just kind of is what it is for you guys. Like, I just want to make sure that you understand that whatever you're going through right now, even if it's a small physical ailment all the way up into some major thing, it's probably going to get worse, but you'll be all right. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And guess what? If your road ends, if Jesus is with you, if he's riding with you, right? If you're a disciple of his, you're fine. You're fine. 
So guys, uh, I really appreciate you listening to this podcast. I know it's a little bit of a different subject matter. Didn't want to get into to things in, in too much detail in other areas, but this is something I thought might be good for you before we hit the end of the year. All right, guys, before we let you go, we're going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. And specifically, we do that by providing content like this podcast that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So for you today, I got a little thing for you. So a lot of you guys are Jocko Willink fans. And if you're not aware, Jocko Willink doesn't just write best-selling leadership and business books. He also writes best-selling children's books. And so he's got his Way of the Warrior Kid. Uh, little, he, I think there's three books there. But last, I think it was last year, he released a book called Mikey and the Dragons. So Mikey and the Dragons is a story that literally, I think Jocko described, like it was in his head, like in the middle of the night and he like shot out of bed and like wrote this book in the middle of the night and, you know, tried to get it published through his normal publisher. And they said, no, it can't be done. And it led him to creating his own publishing company. Anyway, just this week, he released an official, basically movie where it's a it's him actually reading through the book with the illustrations from the book and it's like I think it's like a let me see 15 minute long video yeah it's 16 minute long video but it's it's awesome and so for those of you with kids this is a great book to get for them. That's a great Christmas present idea for your kids, boy or girl, especially if it's a boy. But even hearing Jocko read through this book was pretty awesome, so I just thought I'd share that with you. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you would, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Google Play and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. If we deserve a five-star review, guys, that is how this podcast will continue to grow. So please leave us one and a few sentences letting us know why you like the content. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the entirety of 2020. So if you want me to come speak on your podcast, at your men's event, at your retreat, hit me up, info at undaunted.life. Again, the email is info at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life. Life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Undaunted Life or Facebook.com backslash Undaunted Life. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links to all of this are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience. Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.